we, we've been talking about this offline for some time, and I think we've addressed this in a couple of episodes. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to <laughs> the shit show <laughs> where we talk about the nitty gritty. No, it's not so much of a shit show anymore. It's a, uh, what's a, it's not a well-oiled machine, but it's like a, it's welcome it's to hurting the cats. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and change the podcast title from cancel for maintenance to hurting to- cats. To hurting cats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you joining us again for the first or joining us for the first time, we talk about the non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. We throw them some nuggets of information to help you progress in life. And we just more or less give you a comedic relief or some form of relief to prevent mishaps. So welcome <laughs> to the Hurting Cats show. <laughs> welcome to Hurting Cats. That's welcome six to cats. I'm MVP. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the that one D, the DTM sign off remember that <laughs> oh yeah you, you yeah, can yeah. be uh, we'll change our call signs uh, I'll be fluffy and you can be Mr. Whiskers hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking about this for some time especially offline recently we hear the word toxic a lot especially when it comes to toxic leadership it's it's a term that gets pushed around a lot and it's more and more common these days. So the word toxic can mean something like it's poisonous, it's detrimental, it's not good for you, right? And when you hear stuff like this or you you hear other people's recollection of how toxic leadership works, it kind of gives it erodes your confidence of you, where you're going to be able to find a not so toxic leader/manager in, in any industry. And you can kind of start analyzing this kind of stuff or start picking apart whether something is bad at the before you actually jump into it. And by this, I mean like from the beginning of the interview when before you even take on the job. So a lot of times when you come into an interview or you hear that you're going to be scheduled for an interview, you, the first thing that pops in your mind is, oh my God, I need this freaking job, right? I need to impress. I need to do such a good job where the hiring individual or the selecting official picks me over however many candidates so I can get the job, right? That's like almost guaranteed yeah. everybody's mindset. Yeah. Most articles talk about uh, how to spot a potentially hazardous employee during the interview process or how to uh, identify or, you know, weed the the fat from the weed, the wheat from the chaff. You know what I mean? Yes. It's mostly it talk. They, these articles talk about uh, to speak to employers and how they can get the best uh, candidates and weed out the, the potentially bad during the interview cycle. Well, this is, well, how, how do you, as a potential employee, how do you identify if this is the right place you should work? You know, how right. do you know it's not a complete dumpster fire and they're selling you a lemon? In right. the interview. Exactly. So just as much as you hype yourself about being able to impress an employer, you know, so that you so you are the best selection or the best candidate for selection, you're likewise interviewing them to see if this is a good fit for you. This is the this is that one time where you get that two way conversation going. We're like, okay, so this is what I offer you. What can you offer me? And it's almost like yeah, a taboo I think, thing. I think, I think a lot of interviews are, are are driven that way, right? Most people are afraid to ask questions. Man, I got to, 
like six said, man, I got to make a good impression. So let me just answer their questions and I won't give out any more information. I won't make myself look bad, but I mean, quiz, quiz, fuck these quiz, fuck the interviewers, man. You got any yes. questions for us? Yes. In fact, I do. And pull out your note card and fire away. Yes. And you know, or they like a lot of times we we'll say, Hey, do you have any questions for us? And it's always like some easy bait questions, right? Like what are your work hours? Like what are your, um, like what are your your goals for the company, right? Simple questions like like managers already have predetermined an answer for, or hire or hire, uh, interviewing officials have a predetermined answer, just as much as you, the interviewee, have predetermined answers. Like tell us about yourself. Well, you know, la 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 la. You know, just start wrapping off stuff that you know for sure. You you know for a fact you rehearsed this like however many times, <laughs> right? And so the notion of having a toxic leadership is very common nowadays, especially because now more and more people are speaking up about it. Hell, there's podcasts galore talking about how much their situation at work is just not ideal. Or a lot of mental health things have come up where like, especially with COVID, like how do I deal with myself? How do I handle stressful times, et cetera, et cetera. And we've actually talked about it ourselves. Like, hey, maybe you've tried to improve what you're doing and it's just not working, maybe the problem is not you. Maybe it's the environment you're in. Maybe it's the people you hang out with. Maybe it's your diet. Who knows? And we've, we've arrived to the point where like, okay, you're, you've decided to move on. You're looking for other things to do. You've sent out your resume to people and then you got selected for a job interview. And then now you're kind of- How do you avoid stepping right back into the same situation you're trying to leave? Yes. Right. Because a, a leader can be or a, um, not just a leader, but just a group of leaders or even the management section of a per, of a company can be considered toxic if they inflict some kind of serious and lasting harm on their the people who they who are rep, their direct reports. And particularly to the use of stuff like, say, like harsh working conditions or extreme schedules. Or one of those like soft spoken or unspoken, like do this or you're fired kind of things. And I think you and I have talked about this extensively. Like it's understood that you're going to work 14 hour days, even though there's nothing written in stone that says you have to. Right. Yeah, And, and by the way, you're going to punch out before your 12 hour mark. So you don't go into double time. Yes. Right. But and, it's one of those situations that if you get caught working, not on the clock, you're going to be hung out to drive by HR and your management's going to go, Oh, you were, ne- we never told you to do that. You know what the policy states, even though they're the ones that are going, God help you. If I see double time on your, on your, uh, time card. And by the way, God help you. If all these reports aren't done, which is what you've been using the overtime to do. Yes. <laughs> and so how what do- am I going to get yelled at less for? Yeah. If the reports aren't done for the next day or if I get caught working, and really, the, the the lesser ass chewing is the uh, is the working off the clock because uh, they're just going to hang you out to dry with HR. That's not our problem. Air HR, you can have them. Yes. And how do we know this? Because it's happened to us too. Because it's been <laughs> there. I keep thinking, you know, this didn't happen in an interview for me, but I was told we've mentioned it on here before, but I was told. By a manager, you're always going to be wrong. 
in my eyes. But you can be less wrong. And this was in response to how Six and I handled a situation the night before, jumped through the hoops, got the work done, made it happen, made the flight on time, highest testing priority there was, completed 100% success rate, um, you know, high fives all around. Um, but because we didn't do it or we didn't complete the job in the same step-by-step process that our boss would have, they told us, you know, you're always going to be wrong in our eyes because we're not them. So we're not going to do it exactly how they would have. So because of that, we're never right. But again, you're always going to be wrong in our eyes, but you can be less wrong, meaning you're never going to 100% do it the way I would have done it because hindsight's always 2020, but, uh, you know, you can be less wrong. So today you were 50%, but yesterday you were 80%. So you were less, less wrong yesterday. Okay. Oh, got you. I got it. Right. It's, it's like on being on a treadmill. You're, you're, you, you're exerting effort. You feel like you're doing something, but you're not going anywhere. Right. You, you just sweated, but you haven't. Yeah. You sweated. And guess what? You're still pre-diabetic. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> right. And and bad managerial or bad leadership practice like that are also a factor, right? Like uh do they harass you? Do they belittle you? Do they say shit like well, no matter what you do, you're always wrong. Like, well, okay, so then why am I trying to be right? Well, like, well you can be less wrong. That that doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. Zero so is then still- it goes to the point of you turning you into a toxic employee. All right, well, fuck it. I'm not going to try. Why try if I'm always going to be wrong? Well, you can be less wrong, but wrong nonetheless. Yes. So I'm not going to free think for myself anymore. And I'm going to turn to you and go, what do you want to do? And you're going to get upset because you're going to go, uh, why did I hire you if I have to make all the decisions? And you're going to revert them back to their own words. And they're going to go, I never said that. And you're going to go, great. This is fun. Yes. <laughs> and again, how do we know this or how do we give the examples? Because it has happened to us specifically. And I'm sure there's other people that are experiencing something very similar. We had some listeners who shared some stuff and we'll probably do an episode or a bonus on that one ex- and as well. But this is not just isolated to us. Sure, we're explaining like, yeah, this is our experiences. But this has been broad across the spectrum. I think most this crosses into other industries where especially when it comes to grocery stores. I don't know what it is about grocery stores, but they, some of the most terrible management, man. And it's for a grocery store, you know, <laughs> like, or, or even a restaurant. I've seen it in restaurants too. Terrible, man. They just run them ragged. And then for what yeah. though? But again, like in the terms of this kind of behavior, it can lead to a real drop of efficiency. Just as MVP said, like, if I'm always wrong, if I'm always being belittled, if I'm always being, given like a second opinion, which is eventually going to be something that I wasn't initially working towards, then why am I going to freaking do it? Why am I going to go above and beyond? Why am I going to exert any kind of initiative or innovate a new solution when you're just going to shoot it down one way or another? And that might not be visible when you're starting to walk into a new job, right? Especially during an interview. Because you're just thinking like, oh, bright new future, new opportunities, better pay, possibly better benefits, possibly new location, all this stuff. Right. So you're all jazzed up because 
you may need that job because that's your only option. Like you're you're very low on funds, you're very high on debt. Uh, you've been jobless for some time, so you'll just take anyone or anything that comes your way that says yes the first time. Sure, and I feel it because we've been there too. And sometimes it's very hard to give the no, and it's very hard to kind of spot that a person's telling you that they're pe- they're they're that kind of management because you're just so excited to be in the spot where the gears could possibly turn in the direction where you're employed again and having funds to take care of whatever it is you need to take care of. But yeah, there, there is such, there is such a thing and they do exist and you can almost spot this out from the moment they start having the interview with you. It could even very well be like the questions that lead up to the interview, depending on what industry you're in. Sometimes you have to deal with recruiters and whatever screening questions that they have and they forward you to uh, the next step, or it could just be direct where the hiring manager sees you d- and ask you those questions directly over the phone or whatever. But you can almost spot it out just by the way they ask questions, if that makes any sort of sense to people. Like, I, I uh, guess a little bit, maybe. Maybe, do you have an example? I'm, right. I have an example, but I'm not sure if it's exactly what what it would be. Like, I've been in an interview where it was the talent acquisition person, and they're like, oh, okay. yeah. You see, have all this experience, but um, you're going for a program manager. Do you do you think you you know it was the way they said it? But it was like, do you really think you have the skill set to do this? Right. And maybe it meant like they were, they should have said it. You know, do you know? Describe your skill sets that would make you as to why you would be a great candidate for the spot. But the way they said it was like, it's like almost condescending. You're like. Maybe I can't, but I've learned in being in management now. Um, I kind of see through that bullshit. So I've been in other interviews where I've ha- I've had other talent acquisition people question things like that, and and I always throw it back to them like, I'm like, well, what's your experience? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I have a, a degree in human resources, such and such. You're like, that's cool. Um, have you ever worked in aviation? Have you ever worked a flight line, a hangar? Uh, no, I've never been around aircraft and other than flying on it to go on vacation or visit family. That's cool. Well, you're 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 questioning people uh, on a job uh, about which you know nothing about, other than what it says on a piece of paper. So, you know, maybe you're not the most qualified to conduct this interview either. Yeah, and that's more or yeah. less what I was going with too. It's if it's not the condescending attitude of how they ask the question, it's how much they can cut you off as you're answering. Kind of like they've heard enough and they start move, they start gesturing you to move on to another question. Uh, this can be this not to misconstrue of like an interview that's timed, right? Because some interviews are timed where like you have 30 minutes, we have to get through this many questions, and then if we have and that to time, me is almost toxic in in and of itself, like. Like okay, this is just a cattle shoot, and your 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 employees here are just treated like numbers, right? In and out, in and out, in and out. We got we got shit to do, you know. Yeah. And that's not spend time getting to know this candidate or really vet them out and see if they're the best fit. You know? Did you say the keywords? No. Bye. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Or, or and that 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 of itself is toxic. That to me would be a red flag if they're like, um, yeah, time's up. We got to move on to the next question. I'm like, why well, hadn't Phoenix explained it? Too bad. Next question. You're like, uh, maybe, 
maybe this is maybe this place isn't for me. Yep, and then that, that's and that go kind of go. That's a flag too, especially when you're giving the question and they're not at all that interested in what you're having to say. Like they've already had the right answer planted in their head, and they just like like you said, they're just looking for the well, key words. Yeah, they're reading from a script. Like, well, he didn't say word for word what we had typed on our script, so pass. Yeah, you know. And what that tells to me is like uh, you kind of mentioned it already is like there's no empathy in them when they when you say like you're working for them and you have a legitimate complaint or a concern or an idea that might actually help things. If it doesn't fit their keyword search and their internal mechanism, they just shut you out. Right. And we said this a bunch of times in episodes, right? Like maybe they've already had a set. A person that they've painted in their head internally who they want to hear stuff from. So if you're not that person, you're just, they just screen you out. And, but then here you suggest that idea to someone else that's of that similar picture. They hear the idea and it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know? (laughs) And then that's, that's one way to tell, like if the person is just like either not actively listening to you or they have like a predetermined script of how they want you to answer that's a sign right there as far as the interview is concerned. And uh, another one you can, this is actually something you could ask directly. And there's ways to ask this in a professional way. And we're just going to kind of translate it is like, uh, uh, are you going to be working independently or is there going to be like some kind of routine check? You know, like how involved are the managers or the leadership in the task? Right. Because that can determine if that person's a micromanager or they just like let you go full reign, do whatever the hell you want and not supervise you or check on you once ever, you know? And that can be hit or miss for both, for both or not hit or miss, but there's levels to this. Like if they leave you unsupervised, that's kind of a good thing because that means, you know, you have room to innovate and stuff like that at the same yeah, time. And there maybe is some trust in there. They, they trust that, you know, in the work that you do and that you're going to out, you know, that you, that you put out so they can leave you unattended. But by the same token, if there was nothing or no transition period or training leading up to that, and you're like, okay, we hired you step in and you're going, wait a minute. Uh, Can you guys show me where these reports are kept? And can you show me where I should find this and who do I need to talk to for that? Uh, Well, you said you had experience in this, so figure it out. And you're going, yeah, I mean, experience in the overall, let's just say the overall concept of, finances uh, uh i can run your books for you but clearly uh we're in a fortune 500 company and there's multiple multiple subsidiaries that i need to collect information from i need to know who to talk to in those areas to get these numbers you can't just say well welcome aboard and good luck yeah you know well, like that in the, that in the, of itself is toxic where it's like See, you, you really expect me to come in here and know the intricacies of this organization day one? You know? Yeah. Because some, some yeah. people do that. They fully expect that when the, the your start date, like, you should you should be there. You should act like you've been there 15 years. Yes. And and that's kind of the, the what I was going, uh, the opposite side of not being supervised, right? Like, yeah, you have room to do what you want, but at the same time, like, do they even give a shit? You know, at that point, he's like, whatever, it's a number. He's doing the, he or she is doing the job. I, I'll leave it alone and focus on other shit. And then say you have legitimate concerns or things are starting to build up and you're like, where the freak is this manager at? <laughs> you know? And we've right. had that happen. We've had 
we've had numerous stories and experiences of that happening to people. Like they just get put out in whatever section or whatever part of the flight line and they just get forgotten about. Like, holy shit, you yeah. guys work? They fly <laughs> under the radar and everybody's like, hey, are you a new guy? You finally introduced yourself, right? And you're like, hey, man, I haven't seen you before. Like, hey, uh, welcome aboard this and that. And you're like, oh, I, I'm not new, man. What do you mean you're not new? No, I've been here four years. What? Yeah, they put me out here on day one and nobody's ever talked to me since. I've just been, I just come here to this same spot every day and do what I've done. You haven't said anything? I didn't know I could. Like, I was afraid to, you know? Yes. Uh, and then I thought no, somebody no. would eventually come back and talk to me, but they never did. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've had that happen to ourselves too. Like, we just got put out into the sticks and like, We've never, we've haven't seen like a, any person of leadership or uh, situational influence for like months. I'm like, who's in charge? <laughs> I guess I am. Screw it. Head mech in charge. Whatever, guys, let's do this, you know? And you just willy nilly things until they have started, uh, have to do like a, com- I guess, a command check. I, I think there's no, I can't really figure out another way to put it, but. They finally well, come out there to do a survey or some shit, and they start hammering you for all kinds of rules that you were never made aware of. I'm like, what well, the hell? Well, I just ran into this last week where um, I was going in. I'm like, hey, on, I'm covering a couple of contracts because the person who is supposed to be covering those wasn't doing it. But I have somebody that works there, so I just kind of took it over. And then people saw me taking action, so they assumed like, hey, your contract, you need to do this. Is now? I'm like, wait a minute, now I'm like. I'm just stepping in here to help my person. Like, I, I, I'm not actually running this whole thing. And they're like, oh, well, you you act like you do. But like I was going in for, for budgetary increases to help. Uh, I was like, I want to get an extra body to help my person. So I'm going to go justify some budget here. Yeah. Um, and, and I got approved for it. But then talking with the, the chief finance officer over the budget, he's like, yeah, it looks like you have enough statement of work that we can justify this. So you know, you're approved to go hire an extra body. Fantastic. Awesome. And the guy was like, Hey, um, real quick though. He goes, and this is nothing against you. He goes, you've done a fantastic job with your whole presentation and explanation and backing with numbers and all. He goes, um, this is above your pay grade. Where is your boss? <laughs> it's like, Good. well, that's a great question. Good question. I don't know. But if you see him, if you see him, <laughs> let him know that we got this shit approved, you know, like, right. You know, that kind of shit, like, like there, you know, maybe it's a level of trust that I can be left alone to know that I'm going to get stuff done. But, but also I need some backing at some point too, right? Because there's still levels to it, like you said. Yes. And I've had something similar from a mechanic level where like I'm stepping in to just augment a site or a flight line for a short period of time. But I was the only one qualified for every system or every plane that was there. And so I'm like cranking away and there was like, oh, hey, can you help us do this? Can you help us do that? Like, oh, time the hell out. Where's your people at? Like, oh, like they, they never bothered to certify some of us to do it or they just send us out here and they'll say, oh, uh, we'll, we'll make do until we can get someone else to come out there. I'm like, how long has it been? Right. And I'm cranking away, helping these dudes out and I'm freaking burning the hell out. Like, holy shit, guys, like, you need, like, a, a third wheel or something because th- this ain't it. I'm only supposed to be here for this particular uh, job, but 
here I am helping all the rest of you guys. You need to reach back and do something, man. <laughs> and and that kind of goes into the next point about like uh the that management section's uh, vision. Yeah, and and keep that thought real quick. Um, I just wanted to tap on this. So, University of Claremont, uh, here in California, um, they defined or you know it's basically what a toxic uh, is considered a toxic leader. A talk a leader can be considered toxic if they inflict serious and lasting harm on subordinates. Now, there's all different facets of, uh, of that, but I would say, and here's what I'm going through currently, is that the minute you see somebody, a specific individual who's in leadership and their, their little uh, circle next to their uh, name on Skype goes green, meaning they've come online, and you hear everybody go, fuck. I think that's how you know you got a toxic leader when, when just by them coming online, they haven't emailed, they haven't phone called anything yet. Just by seeing their name light up green instills dread in people. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I know exactly that, what you mean. That is a toxic leader right there. Yes. You know that individual is toxic. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just... That no, popped no. into my head and I was reading through this article and I was like, I, I got to say it. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and that kind of transitions to the second one where it's talking about the leader's vision, right? Because you get a lot of people who will claim up the wazoo like, I am a manager. I am a leader of people. I know how to get shit done. Cool. Absolutely awesome, man. But what, def- what helps define with a, a good uh, manager, good leader or a good uh, managerial team is if they have the, the vision for the long run, right? They kind of have an idea of where they're at and they have an idea of where they want to go. And there are times where like you have some individuals who are in a position of influence and they just kind of stay stagnant. They don't want to move. They don't want to innovate. They just say, but status quo, 100% of the time. And that kind of goes into your, uh, what you were saying earlier about the whole Skype or that person just came online and everyone's like down in the dumps because- they're just going to spool up over the same dumb shit, right? <laughs> or yeah, they, they don't have an idea. They, they know when they come on, it's just going to be bad news. And it's all bad news that happened in the past. It's not going to be bad news. That's going to trend for the future. It's going to suck now, but it's going to eventually work its way level as it, as time progresses. And uh, the reason why I, I bring this up a lot is because uh, we've had uh, a bunch of leaders who, who would fight their inputs from their employees. Like they say, Hey boss, like we have an idea to go do this. It may be a little bit of a budget crunch, but, or we have ideas to, even if it's just to re restructure the layout of the flight line, fuck. Right. Just, we're going to move the toolboxes from here to over here just to kind of give people more access or make things a lot easier and more streamlined. And just because they can't see that future, they shoot it down right off the bat. Yeah. And, I, and this, is, this is something really small I'm talking about. There's obviously bigger ones like strategic impact and stuff like you failing to uh, predict that we're going to have a part shortage in five years means now we're out of a job for the next 10 or some shit like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, how about just impeding an individual's growth and development? You have a team member that comes to you, uh, you know, one of your subordinates comes to you and says, Hey, you know, 
I'm interested in learning this aspect. Or, hey, I was, I'm, I'm, I'd like to move over to this department. You know, I'd like to change up my career path a little bit and focus on that. And you're met with, what makes you think you can do that job? Or, or well, good luck, you know. Good luck if you think you can do it. Or this one where they're like, yeah, not a problem, man. Yeah, you should, you should apply. Definitely apply. Uh, uh, I think you'd be a shoo-in for it. And you're like, oh, okay. And you build them up. And then you go behind their back and talk to the other hiring manager and cut them off knees. Oh, you don't want to hire them. They're a piece of shit. They're late all the time. Just making up stuff, right? Or, yes. or they just put out shit work and this and that. So that other manager already gets his pre-determined like, oh, fuck that. Then. I'm like, when I interview, why waste my time? Yeah. You know? Just so he can keep you in your in in your current spot, you know. Right, but if he if he values you as a piece of shit, like why would you want to keep him too, though, right? Yeah, maybe he doesn't value you as a piece of shit, but if you value them to the point where you would you would do that to keep them, why not just say, hey, that's very interesting. Um, is there anything I can do to to keep you here? Is there anything I can do to maybe change up your daily duties or to can I? sit you with somebody over here and you can learn about um you can learn about uh this new uh avionics package right yeah yes. you're a hydro guy but maybe you're you've shown a little interest in, in a glass cockpit and you'd like to learn a little bit more about that okay well hey we got this mod going on over there why don't you go jump in with so and so and learn a little bit of that right yes that might be enough i don't know Right. And then that'd be a question too to ask on an interview, right? Like what are your growth opportunities like? Or what's your your metric for performance, right? Like uh is it merit based? Is it number of flights um or number of flight hours achieved? Is it um shit, Yeah, how like, do you measure success? Yes, that's it. That's what I was trying to go with. Like how do you measure success for both the individual that being hired and then for the team as a whole? And like, the what, team, yep. You know? Cause you can have like, oh, as long as the team makes eighty percent of its flights on time or whatever the, or no more than 10% in delays, some, some wild number like that. Right. Or you have to have your paperwork done within 24 hours at 95% accuracy, hundred percent of the time, some shit like that. You know what I mean? Right. Because if they don't know, <laughs> then that's a sign to you. Right. Or if they can't give you a straight, like clear cut answer, it's either like they're hiding something or they just don't know. Like, because that boss may be brand new into the role. He's never in, he or she's never interviewed someone before, or he or she is still learning the ropes on their side of the house. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, or maybe a- they've just given up altogether and they're looking out only for number one. Like, yes. yeah, I hired you. I'm a manager, but I don't want to invest any time or effort into you because all I'm looking out is for me and my next move. You know, yes. I'm not going to waste any time helping you to get to where you want to go because that's going to take time away from me looking to where I want to go. Yes. And I'm not going to tell you where I want to go because maybe that's the same place you want to go. And I'm trying to cut competition as much as possible. Yes. You know, so that brings up a very, a very good point about uh, transparency and honesty, right? If, if a person's a decent boss, not, not even just great, just decent, they'll at minimum uh, be like honest with you. They'll communicate with you and, Whatever it is that's going, that's being flowed through them is being flowed down through you and then the reasoning behind it, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to explain everything, but at least give enough so like people like are able to formulate the answers for themselves, right? Or, or leave out the ambiguity without divulging too much info, right? Like it's enough to give them the info, but not 
leak everything out that's that's above their pay grade or above their position title, whatever the case may be. And we've seen that happen a whole bunch of times. And you kind of illustrated a very good point uh, just now. Like uh, they don't tell you what that they're looking for higher places. They don't tell you like how you're performing. They don't give you solid feedback. Or they turn around and tell other managers or other bosses that you're a piece of shit and they should not even depend on you for anything other than what you're doing now. And yeah, or or you're task saturated, right? They keep they're one of those where they keep dropping task bombs on you. Yes. Like, All right, add it to the list, add it to the list, and you're trying to work through as much as possible. And like put something together. Okay, what do you want to see? Uh I don't know yet, but just create some metric. Yes. Any specific type of metric? Like, where, what's the angle here? I don't know. Just put something together. Okay. So you put something together and then you just get, and you send it up for review and they just critique the hell out of it. And it's just, oh, this is too much or that's not enough. Or why would anybody care about this? And you're going, I don't know. I just pulled as much criteria as I thought would be important from this particular subject. And created metrics for it. Remember, I did this with zero input or guidance. Yes. I did this with a, I don't know, just put something together. That was my guidance. Yeah. And you, you know, you're flashing me back to all the times when I was a lead mech. And I would have a supervisor I'll say that exact shit. Like, uh, I want you to do the daily briefing in the morning. Like, cool. What am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know. Just brief them about what the hell you're doing. Like, but what are we doing? <laughs> you know, what are we doing? Like, I don't know. You're the well, fucking lead. Figure it out. Like, oh, oh, I guess. Well, how about this? I've done this where they're like, hey, you're going to run this meeting. Okay, what am I briefing? Uh, it's just the slide deck. Read off the slides. Okay, is there anything in particular I need to be aware of on the slides? No, just it's all updated. Just just brief the slides. And then that same individual is the one questioning you more than anybody else in the room during that meeting. What is this? That number doesn't make sense. Who, who taught you math? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and you're going, yeah. why are you doing this to me? Like, what have I done to you? You're putting me on blast in front of everybody for a slide deck I haven't seen until now. And I'm presenting data that I don't even know why we're tracking this. Yes. I'm just reading yes. numbers and percentages and and denominators and numerators and the square root of pi <laughs> in these metrics. But I don't know why we're tracking any of it. You're just telling me to read it. So I am. And then you're yes. going to question me as to how we got those numbers. What? You know? Yes. That, that, that it once again flashes me back to being the lead mechanic. And again, this, is this might be industry specific, but other places do it too. Like you're the lead mechanic and you're supposed to like have like this morning brief where like, this is what we've done. This is what we're doing. This is what we want to do, or we need to pass over to the next shift or whatever the case may be. And it's usually pretty cut and dry. Like it's for, from a mechanic standpoint, there's not a whole lot you can really dive into, but when you're in this meeting and you're saying, this is what we did, or this is what the prior shift did, this is what we're going to do today, and this is what we need to carry over to next. And then you're getting blasted by the very person who's put you, or who, who's telling you to do this report over everybody else. And I'm like, hold, hold the heck on, man. Like, you're the one who told me to be the lead. You're the one who told me to map out the day. You're the one who told me to build this freaking report. And you're blasting me about it in the middle of a meeting <laughs> like you couldn't you just like tell everybody that you know what we'll figure it out you know just give them a blanket answer so people stop asking me questions and then you can blast me but in front of everybody man that that, yeah. that is this 
is this making you look good by by belittling somebody from your own team? Yes. In this meeting? Because if I was somebody else in that meeting, I'd be like, look how stupid this person is. I can't believe they are. I'm like, if I was somebody else, I'd be like, well, you hired him, didn't you? What yeah. kind of interviews are you conducting? You know what I mean? If you think yes. that little of your own person. Yes. Uh, there was there was one listener that mentioned to us like uh, you hire for the you you hire for the talent and you train for the for the knowledge or something like that some something of that effect and right that kind of flips the script right when you get a person like that it's like well I hired you for the knowledge not for your talent I'm like well like, why the why are we doing this right now <laughs> as you just said like why well, what's the point. And that kind of goes into another point is the respect for the people, respect for the team, and then uh, fairness of all of all things. And that's if there's anything about a toxic leader or a toxic manager or a toxic boss is that that uh, that level playing field mentality or that respect field. It's, we, we've all been there. We've seen this. Everyone has their favorites. Sure. I mean, I got my favorites, too, but uh, in rel- in relation to everyone on the on the team, we ha- you have to rate you using the same criteria. But time and again, we've seen it where people they kind of they grade on a curve. Like this is my stellar performer who I want to be the best. He's my number one, and so everyone else they're doing better than him or her. I'm gonna grade them based on that curve where instead of them doing better than that person, they're doing slightly better if not slightly worse, just because I want my person to be in the top 5% of the reporting period or wherever the case may be. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of pissing me off right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> anyone else ever felt that way? I'm sorry. Like, I think I'm really explaining my feelings right now. Like, Cause I've seen it happen way too many times, not just to my, not just to my, my personal team, but to everyone else's. And I, we were sitting there in like these group meetings or in these briefs and you could just see how defeated some of these guys are because they, their boss or whatever is cutting them short of whatever it is their, their potential is, or they're not listening to their input because they have already have a set team of, of uh, golden boys that call them that they listen to. And everyone else just kind of gets pushed to the side unless they get on their knees and suck that dick and, and become one of their golden boy teams, you know? <laughs> right and and, uh, um, and go ahead sorry sorry i was just gonna i was just gonna say like uh you know maybe a a, a better way you know when we're talking about asking questions in the interview like hey is there can i talk to one of the employees oh yes right yes like is there any questions for us oh actually would it be like i'm applying for uh i'm applying for a uh a lead structures mechanic. Can I talk to your, can I talk to one of your other leads right now? Is that possible? You know, oh, well, they're all busy or whatever. Okay. Well, at least you tried, but they might be like, um, well, why? Well, I'm applying for that job. I'd like to talk to the person who does it. Yeah. And then you can come in like, they might walk in and go bitch run, you know? Yes. They might walk in like, Hey man, like any place it's got its ups and downs, but we have more ups and downs here. So, uh, as long as you've got a great attitude and willing to learn, um, you, you'll you'll have no problem, you know. Yeah, or or you get like a crew chief or something like that, and he'll say like, "Yeah, man, it's pretty rough. It's hard, but hey, you got a team that'll take care of you. So it, it'll be stressful. It'll be trying. 
or kind of like what Stig says uh, in our previous episode with him is like it's gonna it'll eat eat at you, but you got a solid team here, so we'll help we'll help um, pick you up when you're feeling down. Oh, solid, right? The job might suck, the pay might be decent, but if the team is fantastic, A plus. Let's do this, right? You feel more comfortable yeah. about yourself. Or they, they might say, hey, man, the boss is a clown, but you don't see him too much. But everybody else <laughs> in the crew is badass. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like we all have each other's back and this and that and the other. And don't worry. The boss comes around. I fucking rodeo clown him. That's what I do. So you ain't got to worry <laughs> about it, man. And you might be like, okay, well, that's cool. At least I'm with a group of people that have each other's backs and whatever else. And they're being truthful up front, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, the boss is just a figurehead. He's He or she is here when they're here, but... They know who the real, who really, yeah, really. They sign time cards and they go away. <laughs> right. He's like, um, there, there was a saying I once heard in, in when I went to boot camp. It was between my senior instructor and the second in command instructor. Right. He got the second in command instructor is I'm the motherfucker who runs this bitch. Right. You have senior instructor daddy over here, but does the president run the state of California? Fuck no, he doesn't. The fucking governor, which is me. I run this bitch. You do what the fuck I say. <laughs> Fair point. I get it. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and you know, and it, it really made my wheels turn. I'm like, wait a minute. Holy shit, he's right. <laughs> and it kind of goes, and it's kind of the same way, right? Like you got the CEO of whatever airlines, right? He or she runs the airlines, which is true, but they're not running the day-to-day down in the dirt. It's whoever the boss is or whoever the lead or the crew chief is on the floor. He's the one in charge of your world, you know, or he or she, whatever. And it's like, holy shit, he's a he or she. That person's right. Fuck. <laughs> so I guess like like you were going back to what you're saying, if you have a decent team, the whatever whoever your direct supervisor is could be a complete rodeo clown and it wouldn't matter because you got a solid team to help you out. But that only goes so far, right? Because everyone has their burnout point where they're 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 not being backed up as you mentioned you, earlier yeah. in the episode. And you know what I like to do in interviews? So like uh if we're going to interview for a uh for an analyst position, right? Mm-hmm. Um I take one of my my analysts with me. I take one of my seniors with me. And we'll sit down and we'll interview and like any questions and oh yes or no or that and the other. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get up and leave the room. I'm gonna leave my senior here with you. Ask anything you want to know, and I'll tell them. And I tell my analysts all the time. My my team's very open and honest. If there's something I do that's dumb, they're gonna they're, they'll let me know. Like this is stupid, and make you go, "Oh yeah, maybe it is." All right, let me rethink this. You know, um, but ask away. Ask legit questions about the job. About you could ask about me, and I fully expect them to give you honest answers, good or bad. And people kind of their eyes kind of get big. I'm like, just learn learn like it just gives them an opportunity they don't have they can be themselves you know because the person they're left there with isn't isn't the one hiring them at the end of the day so i like to let them give that one-on-one time like all right so it's cool but how much of the how much of the job really is bullshit man like 25 percent of it well is that because (laughs) of your boss no but it's because of the guy above him or it's because of our program manager or it's because of you know it's because of X, Y, Z reasons. Oh, okay. So, so at least it's not the guy, you know, we work for you. 
But no, he tries to mitigate it as much as possible, or they could go the other way. Oh no, he's the he's the root cause of me of my headaches, you know. Yeah. And that person can at that point go, well, thank you for being honest, um, um, and move on from there. And then they can determine if they get an offering, be like, hey, I'm going to respectfully decline this and continue my search. Right. Yes, and it's and that's a big kudos to you, man, that you do do that, and it. There's not that many that actually do something to that effect, especially when you have when you just leave them alone with uh, a senior member other than a hiring official. Because it gives them that opportunity to communicate and really get the down and dirty. The next closest thing to something like that would be some kind of review panel thing like Glassdoor.com or something like that. It's good insight. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Glassdoor has been a good tool for people who are trying to get interviews or trying to get this, the climate of a certain organization, whatever. Yeah. But I Glass think the problem with not I think a sponsor. The, yeah. yeah. Glassdoor not sponsored. I think the problem though, with something like Glassdoor is not so much the system. It's the people who put input into it. Right. It's just like dirty data. Right. Um, you get a lot of reviews from people who are already disgruntled about a certain place. Right. That's kind of like Yelp or other places they only leave reviews when it's freaking amazing or when it's super shitty <laughs> there's no in between you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but that's like kind of the same reason when you tell people when they're taking those company or employee surveys or whatever else yeah and they give you a one through five one being great five being the worst or whatever and and i always tell people it's either it's either one or five don't go with that wishy-washy in between because it muddies up the data yes if if you kind of have negative thoughts on it, hit it with a one. Mm-hmm. If you have great thoughts on it, you know, hit it with a five. Or maybe I got that backwards. But whatever it is, I extreme it on either way when you answer the questions. Because that way, same thing like six said with Glassdoor. People aren't going to give you, hey, you know, like every place. It's got its rough days. But there's this, you know, one uh, upper leadership there at this company appears to um, – have hit rock bottom and showing signs of digging, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, or it's, you know, Hey, best place I've ever worked. Uh, can't believe how lucky I got to, to be here. And it's a credit to the leadership or something like that. Right. Nobody puts yes. in there like, yeah, it's a, a mediocre company uh, with mediocre pay. Well, that's, yes. you know, like what, what, yeah. why'd you waste you your know time that kind writing of- that? That kind of reminds me when I go shopping for myself, right? I always look at, I sometimes look at the reviews. I look at like the top five, five stars. And I look at the very bottom one stars, right? Like, okay, how long ago has this been? And shit like that. It's like, if I, if my, if I happen to get the one that's broken, how bad is it going to be? <laughs> yeah. How bad is broken? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, broken's like, I don't know, four Sigma. Like, oh, I can deal with that. That's cool. Right. Or everyone it burns through the battery faster than most i mean i can deal (laughs) so yeah versus it burnt to the ground in my pocket because it's spontaneously combusted you know oh you remember you remember when vape pens first came out like how most of them used to catch on fire like when those samsung phones are bursting into flames on people randomly (laughs) there's a dude on a plane that shit blew up in his pocket yeah, that uh, man, I remember that. Like, what shit. happened? I don't know. I had an airplane mode. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> listen, listen to everybody. Like, don't, don't put your always put your phone in airplane mode, or just turn it off during flight. <laughs> <laughs> See everybody. That's what happens when you don't put it in airplane mode. 
Yeah, the eye of Sauron in the in the aircraft turns on and it freaking does its black magic to your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, hundred percent. So, uh, as far as questions, you're I here. You're in the interview. You're sitting next to the hiring official, the boss, the manager, whatever. What sort of questions can you ask, right, to kind of get their wheels turning, put them on the spot? Uh, one question you could say or ask is, uh, what are the main qualities you expect from your future employees? Like, well, how do you measure success? Like what MVP said earlier. Um, what would my onboarding training be like? And what kind of timeline am I expected to meet? Because that kind of goes back to MVP's thing again, where like, they just expect you day one to just know what the fuck is up. And that has happened to us as well, where they drop us in and they say, here you go. Have fun. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, do I got to set up my benefits? Like, how do I get my badge? Where's my laptop? Where's my login? Do I bring my own tools? Do I, which tools can I not use? What the hell? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, son of a bitch. Here we go. <laughs> Um, or you can, uh, you can also ask the interviewing person, like a, like a more involved question or a more open-ended question. Like, uh, tell me a bit, tell me a bit about the team that, that work under you or yeah, and that kind of ties what, in with like, Hey, can I talk to the person that's already doing this job? Can I, can I speak with one of them? You know? Yes. Yes. And then of course, then you can go into questions about the actual, if they actually do bring a team member in. And some interviews nowadays, or at least we try, we'll have a team member there so they can they can direct those questions to and they could also direct those answers to us, like, hey, is this guy full of shit or is he really or is he being legit? Like, oh, this dude's blowing smoke out his ass. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Like, oh, fair enough. Okay. One. <laughs> um, another one you can ask is uh what makes or what makes you proud of your team? Uh what aspects do you expect them to improve on? Or what, how do you gauge improvement? Do you give them feedback? It's like, oh shit, like, am I the one being interviewed? Fuck. <laughs> You're interviewing me about my managerial skills? No. Yeah. And that can kind of be received that way. So just be kind of careful in how you word that question. But because some managers, you'll tell right off the bat if this person's toxic where he starts getting defensive or he or she starts getting defensive about it. Like, like why are you asking me that question? Or I don't feel this question's relevant. Or... You know, I, I believe in my team, you know, like just give you like short, quick answers just to kind of like, you can already see like their face just kind of scrunch up when you ask that question. <laughs> uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the processes set up within the team or this uh, agency or this uh, airlines, whatever? Tell me about the processes. Like if they can fully explain it or some of the processes just sound kind of shady to you, like, uh, you know. Now, keep in mind, this is some of these questions kind of depending upon the program you're going to right yes um if you're in some some realms like i am with classified information tell me about your processes unfortunately i can't delve too much i mean i can try to unclass it as much as possible but there's some stuff that it's it's hard it it's hard to explain right due to the nature of the program right right and then sometimes you got to be a little specific when you say process, right? Like you can't just say, tell me about the process of your company. You're like, well, what kind, right? You might get an open, open-ended question back. Yeah. Like what kind of process? Yeah, or I have 65 processes that I audit annually. Which one would you, are you referring to? Yeah. 
or like a, that's an interesting question. Could you tell me a little bit more about the process to set up within your team? I'm thinking about my own team right now. Like, like, do you mean that uh, who kind of covers what aspects of the shop and then um, who, who fills in for them when they're out and, and what about overtime coverage and what about, is that what you're, you know? Yeah. Yes. That's a it's a pretty open. I would have to get more if that was being asked to me. I would have to. I would have to. Like I'm going to need you to to explain a little bit more in depth of what you're looking for process yeah. wise. Of yeah, the or team. Like, or like specify, and then, or you could also ask something like, uh, "What are your are are there any expectations of a team member during work and after working hours?" Right. That kind of that kind of mentions overtime without directly saying it. There's ways you can word this. Uh, I'm, we're just kind of giving broad examples, but that'd be a very valid question to ask. Like, what are your expectations in and out of work? Like, do you expect me to work eight hours a day and get the fuck out? Or do you expect me to work 14 hours a day and stay longer if need be? You know? Yeah. And, and I, I like to put it up front there in interviews. I, I like to put, Hey, we do, we do work OT. Um, it's not all the time. Typically we have some guys on the team that, like the OT, so they they volunteer for it. So it's not uh, like mandatory of you, but we do have a rotating weekend uh, coverage schedule. And um, you know, after a, an initial grace period and your training's complete, uh, you will be thrown on the schedule, and you're expected to work that weekend, uh, cover that weekend if there's work. So don't plan anything. And be like, well, I didn't know. No, you knew. You knew it was coming. Now, if you have other things that come up, because I know we all have lives, like talk with your teammates and see if anybody can cover. I like to promote the, and my team is really good about this. Like, hey, we got this uh, coverage issue, but uh, we've already got squared away. So-and-so can't do it, so I'm going to cover, and then this other person is going to cover tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. That's what I like. That's what I promote the team. Like, hey, I don't want like, we all know there's a ton of problems around here, and I got enough to solve my own let alone like you guys, you guys can do at least the schedule, uh, figure out the, the, the schedule coverage. And they do, they do a really good job of it. They only tell me just so I'm in the loop and I'm like, Oh, great. Right. Or you ever, you ever hear this, uh, one interview question to you, the interviewee, like, uh, what did you like least about your last employment? Right. <laughs> and so if you are able to interview or talk to a team member or another employee, Besides the hiring official, that'd be something you could throw back at them. Like, um, what do you like best or what do you like the least about this current uh, position or this current team, you know? And that might throw them for a loop as well. And that might be the factor like, okay, I, I got it. Like the manager's a, a rodeo clown or the manager's spot on. Uh, the team gets through it. The team hates each other. Whatever the case may be, that might be a deciding factor. And it may or may not be a question they'll answer in the way you you that's going to uh, be the keyword search in your brain but it's it's something to present to see if they're prepared to answer that or if they're just expecting you to just be to just be um closed off and not answer any questions other than when can i see you next <laughs> right or when can i hear right. back from you uh, or like or like say if you can interview a team member as well <coughs> can you describe what the team's like can you tell me what's the the spirit or uh, what's another like? What's the di- what's the team dynamic like? Um, oh, there, there's there's so many like we can go through here, and then we should probably just do like a little 
uh, offshoot episode of just about different like interviewing tips we can do along with resume tips if we really if we really get the interest. But these are just a few of the questions you could ask like during an interview, and some of the and they're they're pretty open ended enough where you can get an, an enough get to gauge whether this is somewhere you want to step into or you might need to clarify a little bit more with someone else other than the hiring official. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think just, you know, if you ask them the questions, you, you're probably going to catch them off guard for one, because it's not super common, at least in my experience to get asked questions like this. Right. Um, so if I heard them like, Oh, I might go, I might even throw out, Oh shit. Get a chuckle out of the interviewee, but like, Sorry, I wasn't expecting that that uh, that uh, magnitude of a question. So um, it's good keep keep the interviewers on their toes. And, and you know, I, hey, if you could change one thing about your shop, what would it be? Oh, throw throw that in their face, right? <laughs> like, how? What are you expecting to improve? If there's one thing that you can directly affect, what would it be? Oh, shite! <laughs> I mean, am I in your interview? Am I, in, am I am I the one being interviewed? Yeah. Shit, <laughs> boy, I'm gonna have to start thinking of the answer to that. And then, in case I ever get asked, right? No kidding, I got to start doing that too. And you know, this will be red flags as fuck if uh, if a person is toxic or a bad influence is when they start getting defensive with those answers or they start deflecting those answers. You know what I mean? Like, there's not the deflection. A little bit of deflection, I can understand, like because it might be some proprietary stuff that they're not allowed to tell you. Right, depend the uh, like like classified documents or uh, proprietary company information. Like we can't tell you what goes into these airline parts or something like that because whatever. Or like, uh, but as far as like deflection, if it's if it starts getting real wish washy, like other than proprietary stuff, or they're just not giving you straight answers, or if they get defensive, that's clear and present. Like, okay, this is probably not the right person I need to be talking to right now. <laughs> you know right but oh, just, yeah, i agree so just as much as you're they're interviewing you you're also interviewing them so be prepared to have some stuff you really want to ask and um sometimes they'll tell you all right like hey we're not allowed to disclose this information with you right that's something that's being handled by hr or by our legal assistants or security or something like that we get yeah i mean if if you've seen the company in the news recently hey i saw you guys are in the news due to and some scandal or whatever right and you go um so what's up with that you know like uh, that's for legal reasons we're not allowed to just dis- discuss that in their room our our uh legal counterparts are handling the situation and as information becomes available it will be released you know right yeah that kind of stuff Right. So also be careful. Also be careful asking these questions too. Right. That don't 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 get it over your head to where the person goes. Okay, this person's uh, clearly uh, here for drama only, or this person's here uh, just to stir some shit and uh, recommend recommend not hire. You know. Right. Yes. Because depending on how much you need this job, right? You, it kind of depends on how direct you want to be with these answers or these questions. But also like ask the questions that are relevant to you, right? Like how, what's the work schedule? Like how flexible you are with a schedule? How set in stone is a schedule? What's the benefits like? Like you don't have to tell me the exact monetary value, but at least tell me like, um, is it fully covered? Is it half covered? Is it reimbursed? Whatever, you know, 
do I have the option to do either or? And some of these right. might be some of these might be HR questions, I admit, but if the if the hiring manager or the hiring official is able to disclose some of this, then by all means, right? Or like uh, what am I expect? Am I expected to travel? Am I expected to work remotely? Uh, am I am I going to be by myself on the road half the time, or am I going to be on station at this particular shift? Am I going to be in training for the first nine months? What you ask those questions up front, and and again, like depending on their answers, it's going to flag out like if this person really knows what they're talking about, if they just fire and forget, or if they're the kind that that belittles you in front of everybody during a freaking meeting. <laughs> You're right. Berates you publicly. Yeah, publicly. That's uh, happened to us so many times. And some of them, they just, bl- they, you can go on YouTube right now and you can look at like uh, boss berates people and you'll see all sorts of stuff, either in meetings, outside of meetings, uh, on the sidewalk, all kinds of craziness. I'm like, how is this a thing? And why are they still being employed right now? And the thing we did an episode not too long ago about like, like some of the stupidest messages your boss has sent you, right? Mm-hmm. Or or horrible boss actions, like uh, putting a sign that says like, you're not allowed to discuss your salary or you got to give us six months notice when you plan to quit. <laughs> or, or It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, how, how is this a thing? How are you a boss? How are you like not in chains right now? <laughs> yeah. Like where did you... Where did you get the qualifications to be in the position you're in? Right. Yes. But but let us know what you think. Uh, what sort of stuff would you ask in an interview? What sort of ways to spot out someone who would be a red flag to you during an interview? And then what sort of steps did you take prior to or after an interview that made you say, nah, I'm moving on? Or, yes, I want to be hired by you. Besides the, de- besides the need to have a job, right? <laughs> And I think that's the majority of the reason yeah, why we desperation, we want- right? We've all done things out of desperation, but let's say you're in a job right now and the pay is well, um, but you want to leave because for, for whatever your reasoning is, you have a shit boss. You're uninterested in the current statement of work. Um, or you're just ready for a, a career change, you know? Yes. Um, how are you going to vet out the next place of employment? Yes. Uh, final final thoughts on anything MVP? Uh, no, like I said, uh, not really. I think we kind of covered it all. It's it's um, be tactful in your uh, interview responses or your questions. Um, you know, fill out the uh, interviewer. Um, you know, oh, one thing we didn't touch on was ask about the area. Hey, what's this area like? Especially if you're not from the area. Oh, yes. And you're interviewing to move there. Like, what's this area like? I can tell you for the place where Six and I currently live. Like, um, I asked that when I f- moved, first moved here and I was lied to. They said, how do, you about, how do you feel about living close to the beach and palm trees? Man, I was young. I said, yeah, that sounds good to me. Turns out those are over an hour and a half away. Um, but like, you know, I, I've watched other interviews happen now. People are like, what's this area like? And people go, Oh my God, it's horrible. You know? <laughs> and that's, and maybe that's not the best thing to say in the interview, but at least it's letting somebody know like, Hey, it's not the nicest area. Okay. It's way better than what it was, uh, 10 years ago, but 
it has its problems and it's hot and it's uh, windy and it's extremes because it's a desert, but it's not a pretty desert. You know, it's like, um, and so, you know, while, while it may be uncouth to do that, but at least you were honest about it because somebody can go, oh, okay, yeah, then I think I'm going to keep, keep looking. Yes. Because <laughs> not everybody wants to live in a desert, not even the people who do now. Right. <laughs> and yeah, and again, yes, uh, reiterating that one, ask the questions that are relevant to you. Be tactful in how you do it, obviously, but ask the questions that, that you want answered. Don't try to have it answered as you're being employed or onboarding into this new area. Because then you might find out like, oh man, I fucked up. But you already burned your bridges or you already kind of departed ways from your previous employment and they, for whatever reason, they have a, a very strict re-entrance criteria whatever the case may be i might be talking about military service at this point but same same old same like like uh ask the questions that are relevant to you and just and then just kind of pay attention to how they answer it too that probably my my biggest uh wisdom nugget there but again tell us what tell us what you think what sort of stuff would you ask what sort of stuff do you look for what would make what you have s- you experienced yes already yes uh, let us know on all the socials. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. Send us through email or join our Discord. That's by far the number one way to communicate with us. And it's as little as like a dollar, which is like less than a bottle of water, to be honest. Get on the Discord. We chat around. We we go over some stuff that will help you for the fu- for whatever your future endeavors may be. There's a lot of stuff, especially our patrons. We're like best of friends. <laughs> help each other out and they kind of get, they share like some stuff that'll help me through my day and vice versa. That's by far the best way to communicate with us. But if it's not that for you, then by all means with the socials or the emails or our website. And then we also have some, uh, a new a comic series out on the Tapas app where you can see all these shenanigans in, in full color and full pictures where some of you, it might be a little bit of a, of a gap in understanding this one will definitely bridge it for you. Like, oh, that's what these guys were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just funny to see this in person. Like, it's like reliving memories for us. I'm like, wow, that really did happen. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but by all means, like, te- check us out on whatever, uh, on all our socials. Check us out on the Tapas app uh, for our comic series. Leave us a review, like, subscribe to us, and let us know your feedback. On that note, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you all again next time. Bye, everybody. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com. 
and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.